Very cool. Who's signed up for the dream team? That's a pretty good sales pitch right there, I reckon. Come be a part of it. Come be a part of the journey. Come be a part of an amazing team. I was so thankful for our dream teamers that serve every week uh, from all the different capacities right throughout the week. We're so thankful for the commitment you make uh, to welcome people into this place. Uh, we had, uh, had a wedding yesterday. Steve and Angela got married yesterday. The, one of the most beautiful moments that I've ever been a part of. And uh, there was a visitor the, here that uh, his, his brother was here, and, and, and he, he just said that the, the heart of the church was so strong. He talked about all the different capacities of, of what the church represents. And uh, as a visitor coming in, he was just so, so blown away by the, the love and the hospitality that each of you show. And uh, so I just want to encourage all of you. This is a great church, a great place to be. And uh, I want to extend our, my, my welcome to you as a guest. Um, please come and hang out afterwards and grab a cup of tea and coffee. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better and uh, find out about your journey, find out about what God's doing in your life. As uh, Pete mentioned, we've got our J. John uh, prayer meeting, our combined prayer meeting. Uh, God is doing some incredible things at the moment. We've been praying for the mountains that people have been believing to be moved. I think we've had 135 mountains people are believing to be moved. Out in the, the Dream Team Central, we've got, uh, Jules has put together this, uh, these two picture frames, and on one is the mountains that we are believing God to be moved, and then the other one is the mountains that he has already moved. And can I tell you that there's already some mountains that are moved from here to here, okay? And we're still believing over these 21 days, and right through this term, we will continue to press in and pray for you, pray for the mountains you're believing to be moved. And I, I, I just believe we're going to hear testimony after testimony of God moving mountains. How many people believe God can move some mountains? I, I think we've got to lift our faith, don't we? We've got to, got to come to another level in our belief that God is wanting to move. And sometimes we've just got to ask Him. Sometimes we've got to press in. Sometimes we've got to take those steps. This April, we're celebrating 30 years as a church. Did you know that? 30 years. Pat Bethel, who's been here right from the start, she reminded us it's 30 years coming up this April. And I'm believing that in April we're going to see 30 salvations. Come on. How many people can believe with me that we're going to see 30 people give their lives to Christ as a result of the J. John um, meetings and, uh, and, and the friends that we're going to bring, that we're going to see that in our, in our place, that we're going to see that in our home. I really believe that we're going to see that in, uh, in April this year. And uh, this message I'm preaching today, I want to give a shout out to Steve Green. Uh, this is a message he preached and uh, caught my heart, and I thought I could preach that too. So I've stolen his notes and uh, made it my own. But um, the great thing is we've got Stephen Bex coming the week after J. John comes. So we've got two weeks in a row, so it's going to be an incredible April. Make sure you're a part of that. It's going to be great. So uh, we're going to look at the book of Judges today. And um, just to give you a little bit of context, the Judges, uh, the book of Judges is in the, in the Old Testament. And it follows on from the, I guess, the story and the, the experiences of Joshua. Joshua followed on from Moses who, who helped bring the people out of, it, out of Egypt and, and into the Promised Land. Joshua took them across the Jordan into the Promised Land. Uh, through the book of Joshua, all the land was allocated and given to all the different people, all the different tribes. They, were, they had the land, and then in the book of Judges, they had to go get their land. It's one thing to have a promise, but sometimes you've got to go and get that promise, right? It's not enough to just sit there and wait for it to happen. Sometimes God says, now it's time to go and get your promise. It's time to take those steps in order to get your mountain, get your land. And uh, so what's interesting is that God gave very clear instructions. I want you to go cleanse the land. 
I want you to go and make things right, and I, I want you to get in there, and I want you to clear everything out. Quite brutal. But he said, I want you to clear the land because I want to start something new with you. And some of the tribes listened. Some of the tribes followed the instructions, but some of them didn't. And this is where things go a little bit pear-shaped. And I'm going to do my best to read it this morning because there's some very, very interesting words in here that I'm going to struggle along and struggle through. So maybe you can help me, encourage me along the way. Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean and its villages, or Tanakh and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Ibleam and its villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages. For the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in that land. When Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out completely. You're going to see a theme coming through here. And Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Giza. So the Canaanites lived in Giza among them. Zebulun did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahalong. So the Canaanites lived among them, but became subject to forced labor. Asher did not drive out the inhabitants of Akon or the inhabitants of Sidon or of Ahlab or of Achzib, or of Helba, or of Achpik, or of Rehob. So the Asherites lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, but they did not drive them out. We're still going. Naphtali did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, or the inhabitants of Beth Anath. So they lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and, and of Beth Anath became subject to forced labor for them. The Amorites pressed the people of Dan back into the hill country, for they did not allow them to come down to the plain. Passage finished. Let's pray. (laughs) I think I might need a bit of God's help this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you you are here. Thank you you are good. Thank you you have incredible plans for our lives. And God, would you speak to us about our future today? Or would you speak to us about our step? What is our next step today? What is it you're asking us to do? Walk in obedience so that we would take the land that you've got destined for us. We thank you. We honor you. We give you praise in this place. Amen. Amen. Can I ask a question this morning? How many yellers have we got in, in the house today? Yellers. So, you know, you're, when you're wanting something, you yell for it. Yeah. You, you, in your home. You need something, you yell for it. Our, our family has a bad habit of yelling through the house. Now, I'm probably the only family, but maybe your family suffers from this as well. Where, where if you need something, you just yell through the house to get the response. You know, babe, what's for dinner? I say from the lounge watching sport. Babe, can you turn the oven off? Babe. Did you get any toilet paper? Now, I think that's a legitimate one, especially if you're stuck. But we've actually got a new rule in our house. You're not allowed to yell or speak to anyone if you're not in the same room as them. I think that's a good rule. The other day, Josiah, Josiah was standing here and we said, Josiah, can you go get the kids for dinner? To which he leans his head down the hallway and says, Kids! dinner. I'm like, we could have done that. And he looks at us and smiles. It's like, ah, but we we find ourselves yelling when we need something. The other day I lost my keys. Anyone ever lost their keys before? Because I realized sometimes I, I look with my mouth and not with my eyes. 
Has anyone seen my keys? Has anyone got my keys? My eyes are working perfectly, but I think that maybe somebody else has got a lock on the location of my keys. They don't. And so I'm, I'm looking through the house with my mouth. Has anyone seen my keys? Has anyone seen my keys? The thing is, Thank you. <laughs> but I don't think they're my keys. I'll tell you what, though. Looking at that, I, I think that's probably a better car than mine. So, priest portion, I reckon, right there. But you know what? The keys were exactly where they should have been. But I'm walking right through the house yelling, where are my keys, where are my keys, where are my keys? And I come back and I realize that I was looking with my mouth and not with my eyes. See, if I'd got a little bit closer and I'd removed the thing that was in the way, I would have found the very keys I was looking for. Okay. See, the problem is sometimes what we're looking for or what we're expected to do or what God is asking us to do is right there, but we don't see it because we've got to remove something before we get to see it, before we get to move forward. I want to ask a question this morning. In order to move forward, to get an answer, we have to remove some things, some things that are in the way. We've got to move some land. We've got to clear our land. And the question today is, is there stuff occupying the land of your life that's restricting you from moving forward into everything God's got for you? See, I think it's one thing you know, we've been in this mountain moving series. We've been looking at the series that we believe that to move a mountain, we've got to pray first, right? We, we don't move it. We don't move the mountain in our own strength. We pray first. We ask for God's guidance. And then sometimes God's going to speak to us and then we've got to trust and obey. His name and he had to dip seven times before he got his miracle. Every time he's probably thinking, this is a dumb idea. This is a stupid idea. But he kept obeying. He kept obeying. And sometimes obedience is a continual step. I love the miracles that happen just like that, don't you? You pray and there it is. God, where are my keys? And bing, they appear on stage. But sometimes God says, actually, I want to see your obedience. I want to, I want to test you for what's coming. I'm going to see whether you can wait, whether you can be patient, whether you can take another step. Whether you can dip again, believing for that miracle. And then we talked about being on the front foot. We want to have a front foot faith like Jonathan in the armor bearer. The one that says, perhaps, perhaps we're going to go take that outpost. Maybe God will be with us. Maybe he won't. But we're on the front foot, not the back foot. Because on the front foot, at least you've got a chance of moving forward, not back. But sometimes, and, and I like the, the exciting faith journey that God takes us on. I love it when God says move and we move and we go. But sometimes the step of obedience God is asking for us is, hey, can you deal with some stuff, Mike? Can you, can you get rid of some stuff in your life that's stopping you moving forward? Can you clear your land? I want you to think this morning about the stuff in your life. Anybody got stuff? Anyone got too much stuff? Maybe God's speaking to us today about your next step forward in order to go forward is to just deal with some stuff. Clear the stuff so you can find what God is asking you to do, your next step. See, like the, the tribes, what happens when God asks us to clear our land, we, we do one of three things. 
Number one, we ignore. We do nothing. Seems like a pretty reasonable response, right? If it's not bugging me now, why do anything about it? You know, it's not a big deal, so I'll just ignore it. Now, I know you've probably all got perfect kids, and your kids listen to you when you speak. I think part of my kids' occupation is to ignore dad. Kids, can you, can you tidy your room, please? Can you make sure your drink bottle and your lunchbox is in your bag before you go to school? You know, good, good, good kind of questions to ask your children, and, 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 but it just seems like they ignore you. They're not listening. But aren't they thankful that their, their own father doesn't ignore his heavenly father? Hey, Mike, have you talked to that person yet? Hey, Mike, have you forgiven that person that hurt you? Hey, Mike, have you, you let go of that offense, that thing that's kind of gnawing away at your spirit? No, I haven't yet, God. Why? Because it's too hard to do. I don't want to deal with it. I just want to ignore it right now. I believe God's saying, don't ignore what God is asking you to remove. Don't ignore what God has called you to remove. Second thing we do often is we accommodate. We create space for the stuff we know we should have dealt with. Like I said, how many people have got stuff, more stuff than they need? We're in the process of moving house. We have banana boxes with no bananas, but lots and lots of stuff. I was moving and boxing stuff yesterday. Our house has gone unconditional both ways, so we're sold. We're good to go. Very, very exciting. But we're moving stuff at the moment. And I realized as I opened one box of stuff that I hadn't touched that box for four years since I moved that stuff from the last place. Yeah, I'm hearing a couple of chuckles there. A couple of people got some boxes of stuff with some cupboards of stuff, and the plan is you'll just pick that stuff up, put it in a truck, drive to your next place, put the box down, open everything up, put it in a cupboard, and you'll never see it again until you open it up and move again. It was so clear. God says, come on, Mike, get rid of some of your stuff. And some of the stuff I was looking at going, but there's memories here, God. Oh, there's some stuff here that I really want to just keep. Just kind of accommodate the stuff that actually God's saying, come on, let's start again. Let's start a new chapter. We don't need that stuff anymore. The Bible says the, the Canaan and Canaanites, they forced the Canaanites into, into forced labor. They made them serve a purpose. They started to justify why they didn't clear the land. They said, actually, we need the Canaanites because they're helpful. They, they can help do all the things that we don't want to do or we should do. So let's get them working. And, you know, so they accommodated what God told them to get rid of. And maybe we can do the same. You know, that weekly gathering, that catch up, that gossip session where you whinge and moan about whoever it is you want to whinge and moan about. Ah, oh, it's, it's, it's harmless. You know, it's, it's, it's no big deal really, is it? God wants you to get rid of the stuff. Don't accommodate what God has called you to remove. The third one is justify. You know, they put the, the Canaanites to, to forced labor. And so what we do is we justify rather than dealing with the things that God is actually asking us to get rid of. Don't justify what God has called you to remove. 
Let me ask you again, is there stuff still occupying the land of your life that's restricting you from moving forward into all God's got for you? What is that stuff? If we're really honest with ourselves today, what is it? That unconfessed sin, unforgiveness, an addiction, the bad habit that just keeps reappearing, that that unresolved conflict between you and another person, the anger, fear, anxiety. What is the stuff that stops us from moving forward? How do we deal with the stuff God wants us to deal with and move forward into the future he has for us? Well, this is what we need to do. Number one, to clear your land, we've got to get help. How many people need some help? I love this. this is the, these are the tribes that got it right. Verse 1 of Judges 1, it says, After the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, Who shall go up first for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? The Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have given the land into his hand. And Judah said to Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into the territory allotted to me so that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I likewise will go with you into the territory allotted to you. So Simeon went with him. Judah said said to Simeon, you go with me, I'll go with you. Come on, we need people in our world that's going to say, I'm going to go with you if you go with me. The, The worst possible thing we could ever do is isolate ourselves. Try and do life on our own. Make, it, make us believe that we're okay on our own. That's a, that's a surefire way of, of being exposed to everything the devil would want for you. He wants to lock us up in secret. He wants to hide us in darkness. He wants us to stay in that place. Whereas God's saying, get some help. Get some help. Get some people in your world. Do you know how hard it is for guys to ask for help? I, I, I used to be useless at it. He would say, Mike, can I, can I help you with that? Can I fix that thing for you? I'm like, no, I'm all good. I can butcher it on my own. Yeah. And, and, and I, was, I was contemplating that. Why didn't I want anyone to help me? Pride. That's it. That was it. I went, oh. Now if someone offers to help, my answer is, sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because what I used to do was turn down help. Somebody is motivated and moved to offer help to me. Maybe God prompted them to say, go and help Mike. And so I turned down the help like I'm turning down God. (laughs) And I've learned just to say, you know what? I'd love that help. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because I know how fun it is to help somebody else. I love it when I get a chance to be that blessing to someone else. So we've got to get help. How do we get help? We get in a small group. Uh, You're hearing the same language. Keep going on about these small groups. Well, hang around here for the next 25 to 50 years and we will still be going on about small groups because small groups is the only way that we will grow fully in our relationship with God. Take that next step. Go to that next place that we want, where God wants us to be because if we're not doing life with others, we're going to stay where we are. If we need to move into that next place, we have to find some help. For some of us, actually, it's professional help. Some of us, a small group is important. 
And we've got great small group leaders that can help. But sometimes there are things where we get stuck and we need professional help. As a church, we believe in great Christian counseling. We believe that there's tools and steps that you can learn. Amy and I have used counseling in the past to, to move us past a place where we got stuck. Maybe you need to book in for a ministry appointment. Deal with some of the stuff that, that actually, I just need help. I don't know how to move past it. Let's make a decision to clear the land. 2019, this is going to be the year we clear the land. Move past our stuff. Secondly, use the sword. Judges 1.8. And the men of Judah fought against Jerusalem and captured it and struck it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. They got their swords out and did some fighting. Now, I'm not suggesting you go get your sword and start hacking away at anyone or anything that's in your way. That's illegal. You will get arrested. But the principle for us is that we take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, because the Spirit of the, the, the Word of God is powerful, like a two-edged sword that, that cuts in between and it divides it. It gets in between the issues and sorts it out. Sometimes we, we don't like the, the truth of the Word of God because it hurts, but I like to think of it as, as this way. Truth is like surgery. It hurts, but it's necessary. It's necessary for healing. We need the truth of God in our lives. If we don't have the Word of God in our lives, we're left to come up with the answers ourselves. I, I love it when we see Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. He's out there 40 days without food. He's hungry. If he's anything like our family, we, we, we had hangry kids yesterday. They hadn't eaten, and they were angry and hungry. They were hangry. They were, they were ready to tear something down. But Jesus, the devil comes to him and says, hey, take these stones, turn them into bread. You can do that. You're the son of God. If you are the son of God, you do this. Jesus' response wasn't clever. It wasn't witty. He didn't have a special comeback that he'd set up and prepared. He says, it is written. The word of God says... Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every mouth that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. See, we've got to take the Word of God and speak it into our situations. Allow the Word of God to clear the land. And you're saying, well, I, I don't know much of the Word of God. We'll start with a little bit. How much am I supposed to read? Some. It's much better than None. You say, well, I don't read very well. There are incredible audio Bibles. You can get, you can get the, I had the Bible in my ears. I couldn't sleep last night. So I, I just put, put the Bible in my ears. Just listened. Listened to the Word of God, and it just got into me. Just start with some. Allow the Word of God. This is a year to clear the land. Allow the sword of the Spirit, the Word. You know, the behaviors and the patterns of your life begin with a belief. An attitude, a mindset. Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let me ask a question. Am I conforming where I should be transforming? Am I conforming where I should be transforming? And lastly, as the band come, we've got to use fire. We've got to use fire. You know, they went through and they used a sword and they used fire to burn away. 
everything that shouldn't have been there. You know, God does the same in our lives. You want to be purified. You want to, you want to go through the refining process. You know, in order for gold to be pure, without all of its impurities and all its blemishes, it's got to be heated up, taken through the fire. I don't like the fire too much. No one really likes being heated up, do they? But when we allow God to take us through the fire, through His Holy Spirit, it burns away the dross, burns away the junk, all the mess, all of our stuff that shouldn't be there. And we believe that God is a God that moves through fire. Holy fire, presence of God. And when the disciples were told to go and wait in Jerusalem, Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Power comes when the fire of God comes upon us. And I don't know whether you've ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, repent and be baptized, baptized in water. He talks about a fire that will come. When the disciples were waiting there, waiting on God, so suddenly, like a, a rushing wind, tongues of fire fell on all who were there. The fire of God, we need the fire of God in our lives. We want to move forward and move into a new place. We want to clear the land. We want to move into all God's got for us. We've got to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Come and dwell amongst us. Give Him permission to do a work of holiness in our lives. See, when we invite Holy Spirit to come, He'll say, can I, can I have that stuff? Will you let me have this stuff? Because I can, I can get rid of it. I can replace it. The righteousness that's found in Jesus. And this morning, we're going to give an invitation. Maybe you didn't have the opportunity to be anointed last week. At the close of our service, we're going to sing a song. And we invite you to come. Come and stand up the front and have somebody pray over you. Pray for your family. But we also want to pray for those that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been coming to church for some time. Maybe you, you, you know that God is real. You've, you've prayed a prayer, but you've never felt the fire, the power of God in your life. Today we want to do that. We want to pray for you. As soon as the song starts, we want you to come forward. On this side and the team, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a group of people that are here today. You come to church. Maybe you've been here a number of times. Maybe this is your very first time here in church. And you're saying, I, I, I know if I'm honest, my relationship with God isn't right. If, if my life was to end today, I, I, I don't know where I stand with God. The Bible tells us that God created us on purpose for a purpose. He made us in His image. He made us to be in relationship with Him. But the problem was, man with the opportunity to choose, chose to sin. Chose to walk away from God rather than towards Him. That sin entered mankind. There's been a struggle we have had. We're born into sin. The only way that sin can be removed from our lives, the only way that we can find freedom from sin, is to accept the sacrifice of Jesus. See, Jesus came as God's ultimate plan. He died on the cross so that we could have life, life eternally. And all we have to do is ask God to forgive us, confess our sins to Him, 
receive that forgiveness, receive that grace that says it's as if I hadn't sinned. Jesus took the punishment upon himself so that we wouldn't be destined for death. So I want to pray a prayer for anyone that's away from God and just say, I've got to get my life right with God today. So with every head bowed, eye closed. Would you pray this prayer with me? We're all going to pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me for living life my own way. I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, eye closed. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, maybe you're coming back to God, you know your relationship with Him isn't right. You pray that prayer in faith, believing that God's wanting you to come home. You just do something brave and raise your hand right now. Say, that's me. One of our team are going to spot you. Going to have a conversation with you afterwards. Is there anyone this morning saying, yeah, I prayed that prayer for the first time? Somebody coming back to God. Anyone here this morning? Thank you, Lord. Come on, church, why don't we stand together? If you prayed that prayer, why don't you fill in a connect card? Somebody follow you up during the week. But as the song begins, as the, the team come and receive the offerings, tithes and offering, maybe you've got a connect card, a mountain you're still wanting to, to move, make sure you put that in the offering buckets as they come, come across. But bless you as you give. And as the offering comes, why don't you come forward? Maybe be prayed for, anointed, if you haven't been already, or come forward and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But come on, let's press in one more time. Amen.